Welcome again to my podcast and thank you for those who are helping me with the monthly costs. Every donation is appreciated and every bit helps. Thank you. And so today we come to the great feast of Corpus Christi, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, particularly a Catholic feast. And I was struck during the week in the office of Matins I read from St. James in his letter. And St. James said that anyone who chooses the world for his friend turns himself into God's enemy. Stark words, aren't they? But I do think we sense this to be so. We, we feel it in ourselves, we certainly witness it in others. When we look around us, there are many Catholics whose worldview seems to be indistinguishable from that of the prevailing culture. It is certain that we cannot approach the faith with a worldly viewpoint, and this is even more true of what is the centre of our attention, our praise and our thanksgiving today, namely the Blessed Sacrament, as well as that of which it is the fruit, namely the Holy Mass. A worldly view will not help us at all. In fact, it will hinder us greatly. Like last Sunday, we approach with awe this central mystery of our Catholic faith. And also, like last Sunday, that needs to be said. The Holy Trinity was the central belief of the Christian faith. Today, Corpus Christi is the central belief of our Catholic faith. Not every religious person professes belief in the Blessed Sacrament, and not every Christian does either. Just like we hear in the Gospel, even from the very beginning, some found it too hard and some rejected it. Back in the 16th century, when England and Northern Europe left the Church under the influence of Luther and Calvin and Henry VIII, the doctrine of and belief about the Blessed Sacrament was generally rejected or waned over time in those places. So it's only the Catholic Church that professes this belief about the Blessed Sacrament. Now what is our belief? It is the true body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ present there in the Blessed Sacrament in the tabernacle. Christ is really and substantially present under the appearances of bread and wine, not present in symbol, but present in reality. And he makes himself present this way in order to offer himself in the sacrifice of the Mass and to be received as spiritual food in Holy Communion. On a side note, there may be Christians of other denominations who come close to our belief, but usually this is a more personal belief than the official position of that denomination. Also, it must be said that the Orthodox churches have retained the ancient belief about the Blessed Sacrament from apostolic times, and so we do share the same belief with them in this matter. <clears throat> in the first reading from Deuteronomy, Moses warns the Israelites not to become proud of heart, not so proud as to forget what God has done. I'm sure none of you listening to this would deliberately be proud of heart, but habit or familiarity might diminish the softness of heart needed 
to approach so awesome and majestic a sacrament. Therefore, on this feast day it's timely to be reminded about some important matters to do with Holy Mass and Holy Communion. It's truly amazing what Christ has given us in the sacrament of his body and blood. And so it is protected by law and by custom from being profaned or passing into what might be ordinary. So the first thing we need to say is the food of Holy Communion is not ordinary food. It's more than ordinary food. You see, my toast and coffee for breakfast is a good thing for me, but it can only get me going and sustain me. It can't do that for anyone else. Yet the spiritual food, the heavenly food of the Eucharist, is miraculous. It can enliven and sustain every person present at Mass at the same time and all who receive it elsewhere in the world at the same time. Its ability to do this is not diminished by the number who receive. The Catechism of the Catholic Church instructs us that anyone who desires to receive Christ in Holy Communion must be in the state of grace. Anyone aware of having sinned mortally must receive must not receive Holy Communion without having received absolution in the sacrament of penance. This is what is meant by St. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26 and following. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord and will eat and drink condemnation upon himself. The other requirement is to have fasted from food and drink for one hour before receive Holy Communion, except only for water and medicine. Also we are required, out of justice towards God, to attend Holy Mass on Sundays and other days of obligation, even if for one of the other two reasons just mentioned we cannot receive Holy Communion. To miss Mass deliberately is a mortal sin, something that seriously displeases God. Now let's turn our attention to how we receive Holy Communion. Firstly, let us remember it's not something that we receive, but someone. And that one is God, and in particular Jesus Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity. And he is worth more than all the created universe put together because through him it was created, and by him it was redeemed. Our reception of Holy Communion must demonstrate, therefore, supreme reverence and profound humility. We don't deserve it, but it is a divine gift. At this time in church history, the Church allows four options for receiving Holy Communion. The more ancient reception on the tongue, which by the way is the first listed among the options because it is a revered custom of the ages. The second way is on the hand, which is a very recent addition, only from the 1970s. The story of how it came to be is interesting and lengthy and I did do three podcasts on communion in the hand last year. If you haven't listened to them, 
or you would like perhaps to go back and listen to them again. But it's important to note and to be reminded that the Vatican Council closed in 1965 with the understanding and the presumption that communion on the tongue would be the only way. But after Vatican II in the Netherlands and Germany and France, some bishops began to allow communion in the hand. And they pressured Pope St Paul VI to allow it, to the point of saying that even if he denied what they asked, they would disobey him and allow it anyway. So it seems that to preserve unity, the Pope allowed the novelty of communion in the hand. He did so, but made it clear, however, that this was making an exception to the norm. Communion on the tongue remained the usual way under the liturgical law. As you can observe, the opposite has happened. Nowadays, communion on the hand has become the norm, while reception on the tongue is occasional which has led to an observable reduction in reverence. It's easier to be casual when receiving Holy Communion in the hand, like any other object, whereas opening one's mouth is an act of trust, like what we do to a loved one, a dentist, a doctor, and it certainly requires humility. The other two options are to stand or to kneel. Kneeling again is the more ancient practice and reminds us of the words of St. Paul in the Philippians. Every knee should bow at the name and in the presence of Jesus. This is also why we genuflect before the Blessed Sacrament in the tabernacle. Bowing is not fitting before the majesty of God present, even if hidden from our senses. Please don't misinterpret what I've been saying. I'm not telling anyone what to do. But I would be remiss in my duty as a priest if I did not exhort you on this day to have greater reverence and greater love for the bodily presence of Christ in Holy Communion and in the tabernacle. Could your reception of Holy Communion be more reverent, both interiorly and externally? Might you make a practice of visiting Jesus patiently waiting for you in the tabernacle in the church? Could you come to one more Holy Mass during the week so as to receive your Lord and God in Holy Communion? My prayer for all of us today is that we grow in devotion to our Eucharistic Lord and willingly spend time with him because there are many, many who do not know him, do not love him, and virtually ignore him. In the words of the ancient prayer, O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine.